0: This episode is sponsored by Aura. Every once in a while, a product comes along that changes everything. And that product is Aura. Aura is an easy to use app that includes everything families
1: need to protect their identities, money, passwords, devices, and more. It's really easy to set up and has everything you need. So you don't have to download seven separate apps to get things like parental controls, antivirus, ID theft, and transaction monitoring and more. You get everything at one affordable price.
0: What makes Aura different, you say? It's simple to set up. It protects against today's and tomorrow's threats and with parental controls to let your kids explore the internet safely, filter harmful sites, apps, and manage screen time easily. Online safety for today's digital safety. It's tech that grows with you and your family. Browse safely, Surf smartly, Aura comes packed
1: with all the tools you need to protect you and your family from the online threats you can't see.
0: Our listeners will get a 14-day free trial of Aura for individuals, couples, or their family by going to Aura.com potential. That's Aura spelled A-U-R-A dot com slash, potential.
1: Once again, get your first 14-day free trial of Aura by going to Aura.com potential. Protect what's important. Proactive protection for your assets, identity, family, and tech across every device. And remember, know your potential. in movies, TV series, video games, books, and more. This is
0: Potential Picks. Hello and welcome back to another edition of Potential Picks. I'm your host, Chris Dewar, and I'm joined by my co-host and fellow musical theater singer and dancer out of nowhere, Taylor Sokol. Today we're reviewing the second season of the fun little show, Schmigadoon. This is a musical comedy-based television series on Apple TV+, Plus created by Cinco Paul and ken dario so after the events of schmigadoon season one uh for those of you who don't remember the show it's kind of a funny world where a bunch of musicals come to life and our two main characters played by cecily strong and keek and michael key they end up in schmigadoon and it's all the golden age musicals oklahoma south pacific carousel well they eventually got to, out of that they found their love again and season two Picks up a little bit after that, and we're going into a whole new realm of musicals, the 60s and 70s, dubbed Schmicago. So we're very excited to check out the second season, uh, with most of the cast returning and a few new players. So Taylor, what is a brief synopsis of Schmicago?
1: So season two, we find Melissa and Josh, they're married, they find their lives, though, found their happy ending or their, you know, uh after leaving uh Schmigadoon but they find their lives kind of monotonous as their doctors in New York City and they're kind of like stuck in a rut and they're like yeah we're happy but just you know I miss miss the the whimsicalness of Schmigadoon so they decide you know what let's go back to there because we had such a great time there of course they left it because they found true love and uh they didn't realize that when you go back to Schmigadoon when you've already found true love, you won't find it and still only find something a little more sinister, a little more seedy in the form of Chicagogo. And that's where we start off season two. And like you said, first season we focus more on the music of the forties and fifties, of course, and you know, early 1900s. And now we're getting to more of the edgier musicals of the sixties and seventies. So right off the bat, you see Chicagogo," obviously referenced to Chicago. There's a lot of references to um, Jesus Christ, superstar, uh, Sweeney Todd, and it just really this you know talk about when how can you follow up with the first season with such you know you know this fun and upbeat style you got to go something a little more darker so it's kind of like the Empire Strikes Back <laughs> of the series uh, yeah. and I I really you know knowing you know Chris you are you know I'm more of a novice into performing but have a love for the theater. I know this was definitely up your alley for a season. I had so much fun. I was very excited to jump into season two.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, this is the exciting point of the premise is that they can kind of change the plot a little bit, but they can feature a whole new era of musicals. And season two, I mean, in total, unless I missed any, it parodies and covers Chicago, Cabaret, Sweeney Todd, Annie, Sweet Charity, Chorus Line, Hair, Godspell, Jesus Christ Superstar, Rocky Horror Picture Show. I mean, it covers a bunch. And this is kind of the exciting thing is that, um, you know, if hopefully this show picks up and gets a third season, even a fourth season, the third season, then you're going to be going into the era of like Les Mis, Cats, Phantom of the Opera. And then, you know, season four could go into modern hits. So this is kind of the beauty of the premise is I think they can keep picking a chapter era of our two main characters' lives, that needs to be figured out, and through the power of a world where musicals come to life and where things happen, they can succeed. Because uh, yeah, this one was interesting. That again, their love is on the 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 you know the downside, but it's more because they're struggling to find a they're tr- struggling to have a baby. They're trying oh, yeah. and trying, and yeah, nothing. And it's not working. So I feel like that's kind of nice. That it's almost like always some kind of chapter in their lives that they're figuring out and then the ridiculous notion they go this magical world where musicals come to life and in this one i mean setting in a darker kind of tone still led to a lot of great positive comedy you know i think even the sense of murder there's a ridiculous notion to how chicago plays out and cabaret and what they do in this and even sweeney todd i mean Alan Cumming and Kristen Chenoweth of course are like the two major Broadway vets that are in this show. And then we got a couple new ones that I'm going to talk about in a minute that, uh, you know, they were so great in the the first season. And it was funny to watch how, again, what they do comedically is that Cecily Strong, Keegan, Michael Key, it's like they recognize everyone, but they're not the same person anymore. They're like, Oh, that's just that one person, but they put a wig on. It's like, no, that's a whole different person now.
1: There was there was one great scene where he doesn't realize that the one character is the same. That's Betsy. He's like, "Are you sure?" And, he, and, and just like, so that's what the the power of the the self. Not only they're referencing, you know, real world musicals, but also they're they're quite aware that okay, these are the, this is the same cast uh, again, if you will, and it's just oh, it's so funny.
0: And that was brilliant for them to be like, "Oh, they're gonna." play different characters, but they don't know who these people are. But these people recognize their face, even though it was a different situation. Uh, but, I mean, yeah, you got the hilarity of, like, let's combine Mrs. Hannigan from Annie with kind of Mrs. Lovett from Sweeney Todd. Yeah. And so, you, you know, at one point there's a premise where uh, Alan Cummings, he's now playing a butcher. He's not playing a a, a barber, but, you know, it's like the butcher... To kind of parody Sweeney Todd and it's like, what if we kill all these orphans to make them into you know meat because there's too many orphans at the orphanage, you know, stuff like that. And just the idea is too of like the I I love the dark seedy side of like the town. And then you had that juxtaposed with the tribe. We had this whole hair tribe led by led by Aaron Tovey, uh who of course was also in the first season of the Broadway vet. Uh and he, the groovy, just, you know, goes with the flow. Topher, who always has some kind of weird answer. And, and Keegan-Michael Key gets kind of swept up in that. And I like how Cecily Strong, you know, she is someone that is isn't maybe always as uh, seen as a leading player in her real life. She gets to shine in this season, too, as like, oh, she's cast as this dancer. You know, they kind of do a chorus line parody, and she gets chosen. She gets to do this beautiful number at one point in the show. So I love all these elements, but we do have some new players. And I think the new players really do set the tone for this season. Absolutely. You have your narrator, and you have your bad guy. So first off, the bad guy, Patrick Page, comes in here. He's kind of parodying kind of like the judge and Sweeney Todd, slash like a you know the rich kind of owner of the town. I saw Patrick Page as the Green Goblin and Spider-Man turn off the dark on Broadway. The man's had a huge Broadway career. And I feel like he's now, he's had, I'm sure, TV movie roles before. But I feel like he's following the suit of a lot of Broadway performers that it just takes a couple roles. And even though he's, you know, up there in age, he's now getting a lot of screen work. We just saw him, yeah, as you mentioned before we recorded, in Spirited, which was really fun. So the actor that sold this season, because you need a good narrator, especially in this era, Titus Burgess as the narrator was everything. He was so fun to watch. And they do this they do this funny thing where because you know even Shmigadoon's a funny name. He's doing the 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 Pippin leading player kind of parody. That's another one I forgot to mention Pippin. And he'll sing a lyric that kind of works to the plot, then he has to rhyme it. So he'll be like, "We're going to go west, list, like <laughs> He would always have to find some funny ride, but he pops up and he also has a lot of sass, which I thought was really funny. It's like, yeah, he's supposed to be the narrator, right? He's supposed to help them along the journey, but no, it'll be like, not. you suck. <laughs> like, yeah. It just... Yeah. It,
1: it's very like, he's ve- like, Oh, and like the unreliable narrator where it just like, Oh, you're going to help us out. I was like, not really. And <laughs> like, uh, towards the end when he's like, what about my happy ending? So it is, those were definitely my favorite uh, characters of this one. Um, I felt especially because it is tough when you have such an ensemble cast. Um, some people are going to take more of a backseat, so I did like with what some of the characters got to do. I was kind of um bummed out because some of them took more of a backseat, um, particularly like Martin Short had more of a role in the first one as this kind of little leprechaun uh character, but um, yeah, it was just so much fun and. I think, especially for those who maybe are not familiar with like the '40s and '50s era of musicals, this one may sit even better with some other, um, you know, more like more younger audiences who are more familiar with some of these, especially like in terms of like Hatties Town or Sweeney Todd. That's kind of come, you know, more into the you know, modern lexicon with some of these things. I think people will enjoy these quite a bit, and I definitely were more familiar with some of these parody songs, so I was really definitely getting in the groove it's one of those soundtracks where i could see myself listening to those um (laughs) especially when you know first season brought uh, songs like court and pudding and and such so but yeah i just was really i love the set design i loved you know that these actors and actresses are really hamming it up in the season you can tell that everyone seems to be having such a fun time
0: I i mean yeah it looks like it's shot so well and it's it's bright and it's fun even in its darker moments but yeah I mean, you gotta get props where props do. It's so interesting to see how they how do they come up with songs that sound so like the original but aren't the original. um you know, I mean, there was one in like episode two. It was a parody of a chorus lines, God, I hope I get it.' but it was like, I need to eat. <laughs> like like these dancers have never had any food. um and there was a total it's actually kind of, it, was, it was an interesting throwback for me there's a song in Sweet Charity where it's this whole groovy kind of funky song, The Rhythm of Life, and they did a parody of that while in the hair tribe on the bus, and it was like, it's some of these songs they sound, you know, just like the Sweeney Todd stuff sounded just like Best Pies in London, Um, you know. It's brilliant what they do uh, in terms of the songwriting to tell the story, but yeah, I felt like a lot of people had time to shine, minus Anne Harada, who played um, kind of the runner of the hotel, didn't have as much to do this season. And surprisingly, I mean, this probably was filmed around the same time. So it's like, you know, maybe it's because she had a, a slightly bigger role in season one and they wanted to have some new players. But Ariana DeBose, who's now an Oscar winner, you know, for her turn as Anita in West Side Story, she did not have much to do this season. I mean, she was kind of more of a background player. My uh, she got to be the MC. Uh, for the cabaret section. So, but I mean, it is the joy of musicals. I feel like any person can enjoy this show, but you will definitely get more enjoyment out of it if you at least know musicals or have heard a few musicals, uh, especially for the era they're setting it. And I do feel like once again, if we're going to get a third season, which I hope we do, you're going to be moving into more of the the start of the blockbuster uh musicals phantom of the opera cats lay miserables i mean they could they could call it lays schmigger if they want to you know they could do whatever so i like the. ball. The there you go you know. i hope you're listening <laughs> we'll see we'll see but uh yeah the season it kept it right in the pocket and i love the creativity and it just makes me excited for more and i love this world we live in it's kind of it makes me think of like if there's all these uh you know universes that we have in the MCU and other places where this like this is the world where musicals live, live. and um I like spending time there. So for me, Schmigadoon, uh, season two dub Schmicago, it's a eight point five out of ten. I loved it.
1: Yeah, I love it too. Eight point five for me. Uh, definitely enjoyable. And uh, for those of you out there who have not got a chance to enjoy the season or season two you can watch both season one and two on Apple TV+. And that was this edition of Potential Picks.
0: Thanks for listening to The Potential Podcast. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at The Potential Podcast or on Twitter at The Potential Pod. Or you can email
1: us. Send us your positive feedback and thoughts, suggestions, and more through our email, thepotentialpodcast at yahoo.com. I'm your host, Chris Dewar.
0: And I'm your host, Taylor Sokol. Stay tuned for more episodes on pop culture, entertainment, and nerdum. And remember,
1: know, know your, your potential. potential.